friends at Tivoli Brewing Company and the Department of Communication, Arts, and Sciences at MSU Denver, this is Unfiltered. And here are your hosts, Jay Schrader and Dr. Samuel Jay. Um, okay, uh, you, you four, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, first, let's check what's everybody drinking. What are we drinking? Um, I went to the new Lady Justice on East Colfax. I saw you just did a podcast with them. Oh, nice. Good choice. John Carruthers, what are you drinking? Uh, I have got our new new look Fifth City cans because I am a company man. That's pretty good, though. I, I dig it a lot. Oh, John, I put on my shirt for you. Um, I don't know. You remember these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the Joe Madden days. Yes, yes. So um, I'm missing baseball tremendously. Uh, we'll see oh, if it ever comes back. Nate, what are you doing, buddy? What are you drinking down there? I got our um, Colorado IPA right off okay. the top, so it's tasting pretty nice. All right, that a boy. And Jay, Jay Bird, what do you have? Yep. All right, we'll let Jay just show his can in a moment. Uh, all right, everybody. So we have quite a few people that are already tuned in. So we want to kind of jump right into this. Um, basically, uh, as we kind of talked about before we went live, uh, wanted to get you three on board to talk a little bit about how you're you're able to keep your breweries relevant uh, and how you're kind of uh, able to keep uh, your product and your brand top of mind at the moment. Um, obviously, things are very weird across the country. And uh, John, you're in Chicago. Everybody else is here in Denver. But I don't think what your experience is, is really much different than what we're experiencing in terms of not having a tap room, not being able to sell beer over the counter, uh, over the bar. And so wanted to kind of get everybody on board uh, to chat about that. And so um, let's, let's first and foremost do some introduction. Um, so, John, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself and who you are and, and uh, where you work. Sure. Uh, my name is John Carruthers. I am here in Chicago. I work for Revolution Brewing, which is the largest independently owned brewery in the state. Um, and we have two locations. We have our brewery and tap room in Avondale. Uh, and then a mile and a half away in Logan Square, we've got a brew pub, which is where we started 10 years ago. Um, both, uh, you know, that much reduced uh, activity right now because of this. Okay. And, uh, and Nate, since Emily's uh, had to back out for a second, what is your background, good sir? Well, currently I run a long table brew house here in Park Hill in Denver. Um, before this, uh, you know, kind of some hotel, other bar and nightclub uh, experience from Ohio to Las Vegas. Um, and then just fortunately got, uh, you know, met some good friends here and, and kicked the can down the road far enough that we decided to jump into this thing. So little neighborhood brewery right here, uh, East Denver, um, just had our second anniversary Saturday. So under a quarantine celebration for that one. Perfect. Uh, and then you three, I guess, uh, very different kind of business models, obviously, John being, uh, you know, communications director for the biggest brewery, uh, out of the group here, but also I think the difference is between uh, Seedstock, where Emily is. Emily, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself in just one second. I was talking about the differences. You know, Seedstock is in a part of town that has a lot more uh, traffic, traffic, car traffic, uh, per se, than foot traffic. Whereas Nate, uh, Long Table is very much in a neighborhood, a very specific neighborhood. I know you have a lot of people who are biking up and picking up uh, cans and crowlers and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, obviously uh, different different approaches to all of this. But Emily, before we move on, can you introduce yourself uh, and then we'll t uh, jump to the next question? Yeah, sorry, Miss Bell. I didn't have children. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Anna Tracy. Um, I moved to Denver three years ago from Atlanta. 
Um, right now, I'm working with Seastock Brewery, is my main brewery account, but I also do the PR for Molly Spirits, which has two locations here in Denver. It's a huge liquor store, as well as Hops and Pie, which is a craft beer bar um, here in town. And over the years, I've done PR for the Guild, um, Great Divide, Call to Arms, um, Cloud Fest, and um, just a few more of the experiential festivals in town. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the next question, just want to shout out to everybody, Tristan Schmid, uh, the, the Colorado Brewers Guild has had to make a lot of cuts. Um, we've talked about on the show before losing New Belgium and losing Avery, whereas it was huge in terms of uh, the money that, is, that the guild is able to have and to use. And Tristan was doing PR and marketing for the guild. And uh, just because of, of, of cuts, uh, he's had kind of had to move on. So uh, sorry to hear that, sad to hear that. But I know that Shawnee Adelson is going to do a great job. Um, it's just a lot more on her shoulders. So folks out there, if you're thinking about that, try to support our Colorado craft breweries as most, as much as you can. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if you're drinking revolution beer, uh, support those, those Chicago and Illinois beers too. Uh, so, um, let's, before we jump into kind of what you are doing, you three, um, <clears throat> How are how's the how are the breweries functioning right now? Um, are you to go? Are you delivery? Uh, are you distributing much? We'll kind of start uh, with with Nate. What what are you doing uh, at at Long Table to kind of keep business going and keep money rolling in? So we're just rolling our cans, thirty uh, two ounce crawler cans out the door. Um, have not yet. We've kicked kicked around the idea of doing delivery. Um, it has not really kind of fit at the moment um you know obviously unknown how long this is gonna last not saying it's a it's a no forever we just haven't done it so you know our, our target market is probably 10 blocks in any direction from the tap room um so like you said we have the, the luxury of uh people walking up uh you know stopping by while they're walking their dogs or riding their bike over to get out of the house during all this or you know, just trying to stop by for a sense of normalcy. So um, we've been doing this since I think Tuesday, March 17th was the first day of the order here in the city. Um, and I would say, I don't know, maybe we're down around probably 50% given, um, you know, last year's month this time. Um, so definitely a big impact, um, but we're quite, I mean, I would still say humbled at the fact that we're, um, we're, we're still where we are, you know, we're still brewing beer. We probably brewed once a week throughout this, um, on a seven barrel system. So, I mean, still plugging away. There's still people drinking beer. Um, I mean, I've got to drink beer, so it's good. That's going to take place somewhere. Um, yeah. you know, so I think, I think in this neighborhood, we're all, we're all fortunate to be kind of moving to and through this for sure. Do you think, uh, in talking to, to your two partners, um, that your model has been able to weather these first eight weeks a little bit better than maybe some other models? I mean, obviously you couldn't have expected it, but knowing what you're seeing in terms of sales numbers, do you think that it's a little bit kind of for, uh, fortunate, uh, the way that you're set up? I would, I would agree with that statement for sure. Um, you know, given, given our location that we're not on the, on a main drag, um, we're not down in a, in a tourist or business dense area like Rhino. I mean, obviously you're going to have, you know, 20 competitors, you know, within a couple blocks down there, but just the fact that we had two years of, of kind of becoming a, a neighborhood place, you know, gave us a little bit of a, of a close loyal following, you know, 
but people don't have to truck all the way across the city to come to our tap room um, and get our beer. Um, you know, that being said, if you're sending your beer, you know, all over the country and, and, and in some states, liquor stores um, aren't open, then, um, you know, then you're, you're going to be up against that wall as well. Okay, so I know that you said you're you're putting crawlers out there. Is that basically it? I mean, you're just getting people picking those up in in what? Just two at a time, one at a time. How are you getting? How are you getting rid of them? Uh, most orders from one to maybe eight. We set up an online shop. Um, okay. Over the course of that one day, we're closed every week on Monday. Um, so the orders I think came out Monday morning. We open for business on Tuesday, and that 24 hour period, we troubleshot an online store to give people that little freedom of, uh, you know, lack of having to touch things when you come in. And um, yeah, most people I'd say would buy between two and four, but you know, you got people that they only want to come out once a week or whatever, you know, stock up or some people just stop out for a can every other day with their dog, you know, as they're kind of a little reprieve from, from the chaos. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, Emily, uh, feel free to, I would like to hear from you. We would like to hear from you in terms of, of seed stock, of course, but uh, I know Molly's, I just bought some beer through Drizzly from Molly's uh, because uh, our partners, a handoff, haven't quite forged that relationship yet. Um, and I know that hops and pies, uh, what y'all do are doing there in, in terms of social, you're up and running, you're making donuts, you're, you're getting pizza out. So, so what do things look like across those three businesses for you? Oh no, look at that. This is Isn't one of those wonderful? moments where we start judging people for how good their internet is. I know, it's usually mine that's a disaster. Well, I'll tell you what, Emily, we'll come it back to usually you. Yours. Uh, uh, yeah, it usually is. Uh, John Carruthers, uh, uh, Revolution, obviously, uh, big, big operation. Uh, had the opportunity to, to be there and have, for you to have uh, to give me a tour. Me and Cousin Vic really was awesome to see. So what's going on there? Obviously, you're still distributing, but if you could talk a little bit in terms of, of what you all did early on to, to plan for this as this was rolling out, and then also kind of what you've seen over the last six to eight weeks. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is just kind of important to note for everybody watching this is that, you know, no matter whose situation we're talking about, like no brewer is ready for the complete like 100% decline of on-premise sales. I mean, that's just really tough for a lot of people right now. Um, you know, that said, uh, Revolution does have decent distribution in the state, especially in Chicagoland, where we sell about 80% of our beer. Um, we sort of took a wait and see approach on the retail operations to see how we could, you know, bring bring people back to work and keep things running safely. Um, so sort of right, the first thing we did was we um, introduced curbside pickup at the tap room. And the whole thing with that was, you know, we took our merch store and kind of rigged it up into sell beer, um, which was something that we really didn't expect to be doing, you know, so quickly. Um, but our retail team found a way to keep pickups and drop off completely contact free. So we started selling, you know, all of our package to go beers from there, um, whatever draft we could kind of crawler off and sell we've been bringing on. Uh, and then a couple of weeks after we ended up bringing some people back to work at the brew pub. Uh, so we have food pickup as well as beer and uh, whiskey pickup and delivery from there. Uh, and that's running pretty much seven days a week, both places. Um, so we've been, you know, pulling out, you know, different combinations, a lot of old library beers that people really miss. Um, just kind of seeing what resonates with people right now, where we can keep the retail traffic, um, you know, up while obviously, you know, taking the big hit on the kegs like every other producer is right now. Have you seen uh, how, how many staff have you had to furlough or lay off in terms of your brew staff, but also front of house staff? 
Um, I don't have those numbers right now, but uh, obviously the brew pub is doing 10% of the business that it, you know, yeah. did before the shutdown. So, you know, we've, um, we've, we've kept people working where we could. Uh, and then, you know, for everyone else, um, we're hoping that we can welcome them back sooner rather than later. But I think a lot of people are just going to get smaller, you know, as, as a result of this. How are those, uh, you know, obviously, uh, as you mentioned, kegs is they're not an option uh, at the moment. Are your can sales doing okay over the over the course of this? Uh, are they up? Are they down? I mean, we've seen numbers across the country. We're consuming more beer, uh, more alcohol. Is that the case with the revolution? Um, you know, it's there's always a slight delay in those IRA numbers, but you're right. Just looking at you know the the trends and forecasts from around the country, um, you know, there was a sort of initial like spike in sales uh, as people were sort of loading up and kind of hunkering down. Um, I believe we had a sort of a record week of sales for our IPA variety pack, the first um, sort of turn of that, because that was the thing that came off the line right as everyone was having to shelter in place. Um, but yeah, we, we've seen really great can sales, um, just kind of depending on what we have going. When we're running the barrel-aged beer specials, um, we get a lot of repeat customers whose names we recognize, you know, picking up uh, straight jacket barley wine and Death Star and stuff like that. One cool thing we recently did was um, we had signed on to be the partner of the Chicago Red Stars fan uh, group this year. That's uh, the women's uh, NWSL soccer team here. And obviously we are not sponsoring any tailgates right now because there are no tailgates. Uh, but what we did was we threw a fake opening day tailgate with the team and the uh, supporters group. And we put together a package for that of three different kinds of beers and some team swag and some coasters and stuff. And, you know, we sold like more than a hundred just individual packs for a fake tailgate for a season that was not happening just so we could have okay. sort of an online zoom thing. It was cool. Um, it, it's, it's always interesting seeing what people kind of rally around in these times. Uh, and, you know, women's soccer, um, tailgating, even if it's from a distance, you know, Chicago, people love to drink in a parking lot, even a virtual one. <laughs> uh, because obviously the rest of us are not in Chicago. Um, what is the, what's the kind of, the, I don't want to say the sense, but um, how's the craft beer community uh, uh, maintaining uh, in Chicago? Is it, is everybody kind of sticking together? Is it a bit, a bit more competitive? What, what are you experiencing? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people supporting other people. Um, we've already seen, you know, sort of one or two people close temporarily. Uh, Argus Brewing on the southwest side, which has been around even longer than we have, um, finally packed up shop for good, and that's, you know, always really terrible to see. Uh, we're all we're all kind of trying to stick together and support each other and, and hope for the best here soon. That's great, uh, and and obviously let's let's hope. I, well, how are the how are you Cubs fans doing in Chicago? Just heartbroken. Yeah, you know, I remember at the end of last season when we really kind of slipped on the banana peel and I thought, all right, I'm sick of watching this team right now. I can wait until next year. Um, my God, I would give anything to watch one game of those awful like 90s Cubs teams, you know, the pre-Sosa, cheap yeah. Tribune ownership, post-Maddox. I would watch any I would watch any of those teams lose 11 to 1 if it meant live sports right now. I think I've watched Game Seven of the of the World Series uh, four or five times with my kids over the last month. So uh, there isn't much on, so I'll just rewatch that over and over again. Yeah, I still get nervous if we're gonna win. Can I just? <laughs> <laughs> Can I say I grew up? I grew up probably fifty miles uh, west of Cleveland, so uh, I'd like to put a moratorium on the, the, the Cup <laughs> World Series talk with. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, uh, 
uh, Emma Tracy, uh, bouncing it back to you here. Um, you know, obviously, seat stock is, is where you spend a lot of time, but I know you're, you're doing a lot with Molly's, obviously, and with, with uh, Hops and Pies and the donut shop over there, Berkeley Donuts. So what are you seeing in terms of how those businesses are, are kind of maintaining, um, I guess, out of curiosity, can we begin with Hops and Pies? Are they selling a lot of pizzas and a lot of donuts still? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they are definitely like an anomaly. I mean, that's like such a neighborhood institution. Um, they have been lucky enough to not have had to let anybody go. And they've even been able to hire back um, some wow. team members of theirs who have, you know, gone on to other ventures, but have since been laid off. They've been able to, to rehire them. Um, they have this like infamous like beer club where it's like $60 for the year and it's like on certain Sundays, you get 50 cent drafts. They open up hours early for the beer club. Um, mm. And like one day they made like $10,000 in gift card sale or member club sales. Um, so the community's like really, really rallied around them. Um, they're actually taking a week off starting uh, Sunday because they're just like exhausted. They've been donating mm. like meals every day to the hospitals and they like want all of this to be on like down low like they're being like very very like humble about it but they're just very tired so john uh so you just to kind of chime in real quick uh, i'm assuming nate and jay know this but uh hops and pies is really kind of the one of the craft beer establishments in denver um what they get on tap is stuff that you can't get anywhere else in the city and the rest of the country and so uh uh yeah it's it's definitely a kind of a craft beer hub and uh it's been around for for several years and um They've, they've just recently opened up a donut shop making potato donuts that are amazing, by the way. Yeah. What about, uh, what about Molly's, I guess, uh, uh, Emily? And then, and then if you want to talk about Seedstock, the kind of uh, the actual yeah. brewery. Um, Seedstock is super similar to what Nate was saying that he's experiencing. Um, it's very similar vibe. Like they rely so much on the neighborhood. Um, and I think their sales are down about 40%. Um, in the same avenue, they still haven't started delivering their um, – old school and you know like he said like never say never but if this went on for you know really the foreseeable future they would probably have to pivot um and then as for molly's they're kind of in the same boat as hops and pie like they're killing it right now um and they're trying to be humble about it i think you know they're in this like weird ethical place of like they're one of the very few industries that's doing extremely well right now um so you know it's kind of hard for them to like project that while also you know doing service to their brand. Um, so yeah, they were lucky where they had their e-commerce site ready to go right when Corona happened and they had been working on it for like two years. So they have like 40,000 products. Like there's no way they would have been able to archive that, you know, out of thin air. So it just was very fortuitous timing. Um, and then it's like their accolades are constantly like re-upping themselves. Like one day it'll be like, oh, we had the best sale you know, at that store ever next day. Oh, we just had our best sales ever. Wow. And then I know that um, with Drizzly, I think they're their number one partner or some insane like superlative like that. Like they sell the most products of any other Drizzly partners. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Wow. Um, what What's Seedstock doing, I guess, uh, in terms of getting beer out the door? Is it, is it all Crowlers? Uh, all Crowlers, uh, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, they have a Mug Club membership, which I know um a lot of you know places do um yeah merch some new merch um really just like local initiatives that just yeah stay, pay the bills <laughs> all they can do for Seed sure stocks 
Seedstock's in a great neighborhood, uh, very walkable, but maybe not demographically um, the most affluent or the, the largest beer drinking neighborhood, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I think when Odell's is supposed to open up um, one of their locations, like two blocks away, and Seedstock is like super jazzed about that because it's really going to make this, mm. you know, like brewery bar, like they already have like Little Machine and, you know, Hogshead, and now it's just like one more like major player to the neighborhood. That's awesome. It's good to hear. Um, uh, John, before, before we, we jump into what y'all are actually doing with, with your marketing, uh, how, how have you been handling merchandise sales? Are you seeing an increase in sales? Are people willing to buy stuff? Because of all of the folks on this podcast, obviously Revolution does have that brand that you can put on shirts and it, it's, it's beyond Chicago that people see that logo and understand it. So yeah, what are you seeing in terms of those numbers? Uh, they're going pretty well. Um, one thing that we are kind of dealing with is just trying to get as few, you know, have as few people in the brewery at a time. So um, Andrew, who works, uh, he's he's my boss, our director of marketing, goes in himself, you know, once or twice a week and packs up all these orders and sends them out. Um, another cool thing we've been doing is offering merch and together with like, you know, different combos. And we've found that we've had pretty great response to that, especially this last one where it was, you know, barley wine and the barley wine team t-shirt. Like there's a very certain crowd that really enjoys that. Awesome. Cool. John, are you guys the only ones doing that? Because I feel like we've been talking about having a, a, a beer and merch combo for a couple of weeks with the local Denver brewers. And I haven't personally seen much of it offered, but it seems like such a no brainer. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of it depends on if you have stuff designed and produced already, because obviously fulfillment for new stuff now is, you know, a huge, uh, you know, a huge runaround. So we were lucky enough that we had some some cool merch that we were sitting on that just kind of made organic sense. Um, and then with the with the fake tailgate thing, you know, having, you know, a partner to throw in stuff to create a combo that's like kind of a little bit of both of you. Awesome. No, I know that Sam pushes our merch on the reg only because uh, we have no other way to get our name out there to our 87 listeners or whatever it is. So we're every opportunity we can get to add a T-shirt or a sticker is pretty huge for us. Um, and Emily, you said you guys have new merch, but uh, Nate, what about you guys? Are you selling a lot of T-shirts or mugs or? I have an idea. We could all be juggling. And then when the juggling stops, we know that like that person's frozen before we ask him anything. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Uh, okay, so I mean, let's let's jump into the kind of uh, the fifty million dollar question, over the hell we want to call it, whatever that game was, hundred thousand dollar question. Um, John Carruthers, mm -hmm. what are you doing in order to keep your your breweries relevant, your brewery relevant, Revolution relevant, and your customers engaged? Obviously, you're the brains behind all of the stuff that's happening at Revolution. What what in your brain as this was beginning to unfold, did you? How did you strategize this and how have you deployed it? What tactics are you using? Uh, I'm going to take issue with your characterization of me as clever enough to think of any of this. Um, no, you are. But I am lucky to work with a lot of really talented people. Um, one, one of the things that we did at the beginning was just sort of full transparency on you know, this is before the governor's words even came down, you know, what are we doing for health and sanitation, uh, health and safety? What are we doing for sanitation? What processes are we changing? Um, you know, what new operations and hours are we going to and to just sort of overfeed information to people. So it's always there to find it. Um, then from there, uh, you know, you, you eventually you do have to go back to selling beer. I mean, that's how we survive. Right. But no one wants to be just sort of nakedly sold to all the time, like especially not during now. So what we've been trying to do is just 
you know, source the, the different storylines of like what our team's going through, um, you know, or what, what sort of beer we're bringing you and how that can sort of help improve the day to day. And, you know, by kind of presenting ourselves as not like, uh, you know, a monolithic like revolution brand, but, you know, as, you know, people who live in this neighborhood, people who walk to work at the brewery and people who are just as worried and concerned about what's happening as everyone else. Like, you know, we, 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 we try to sell our beer as, you know, members of, the community of Chicago of Logan square. And, you know, people tend to relate to people better than just really slick marketing, which is good because it's incredibly hard to do anything slick right now. Uh, you know, while we're all in different locations. Can I answer you your question? <laughs> yeah, no, you did. You did. So are you, are you, I guess, are you upping the amount that you're posting on social or are you trying different platforms? What platforms are working? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just had a curiosity. Yeah, so we're hitting um, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have two Facebooks, one for uh, the brand and one for the brew publication. But we, we have two Facebooks, uh, Instagram and Twitter. These are all, you know, our most our popular channels. Um, we've been posting, you know, scheduled media and everything. But uh, what I've been doing a lot more of is just kind of talking to people as the brewery. Um, people enjoy sort of being asked like an extra question and it's like, Hey, what am I doing? So they'll tag us in with their loaf of sourdough and I have been baking just like anyone else. And I'm like, Hey, what kind of hydration did you hit on that? And they're like, Oh, I hadn't thought to tell you brewery. Let's, let's have a chat. When we, when we were posting about, Hey, this beer is coming out next week and we're super excited. It's true because it's something new to do and it helps us mark the time. And we are genuinely super excited. We just put out a brunch themed beer with blown orange puree that was in the works, you know, before this happened. And it was cool to make just a bunch of chilaquiles and eggs and take a picture of it. And, hey, I'm working. Are you seeing a lot of that then uh, in terms of, of people who are creating content and, and tagging Revolution? Uh, are they drinking those beers and then they're tagging you? Uh, the reason why I ask is because I've, I've got clients of my own who are trying to do that with, with cocktail recipes. And a lot of people are you know making cocktails at home and, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of success that we're seeing from that. Are you, are you experiencing that as well for Revolution? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot less uh, beer check-ins, whether it's untapped or any other platform. And I'm seeing a lot more people just creating something or shooting something at us or other people, you know, will be co-tagged and a lot of stuff. But I, people have gotten creative with the at-home photography. And, like, we've seen a lot of really great product shots that, frankly, I don't think I could do as someone who works for the brewery who makes that beer. Like, it's pretty cool <laughs> to see. That's awesome. Uh, Nate, what, what are you doing uh, in terms of, you know, keeping things relevant? I've seen some of the pictures that you're posting. It seems like you are, you know, one of few that are in the brew, brew house that's able to, to take those pics and to get some cool angles. And so uh, what, again, as this began to roll out, as this began to happen, what were you thinking and how are you you've been able to kind of stay relevant and top of mind for your neighborhood friends? Well, I think the uh, the one kind of strategy discussion we had um, was that, you know, as this started to unfold, was that people probably don't, they don't, or maybe they shouldn't look to their local brewery for, you know, health tips or, you know, <laughs> pandemic advice, right? If you were, if you were going to come to the brewery tap room and have a beer, you've, you've made that decision. You want to, you want to quote unquote check out, you want to have a beer, you want to relax, you want to have a good time and talk to the bartender. So for us, it was a little bit about how do we bridge the gap and share that experience. So, yeah, you mentioned um, taking some nice shots, you know, with an actual camera, not on the iPhone. We've got a couple folks here 
myself and another maybe half of our staff, you know, is familiar with a camera. So there are some days it's like, oh, hey, come in early or if you want to come in on your day off and um, we'll set up some shots, you know, break some glasses, spill some stuff, get some, you know, interesting shots to capture people's attention since we have a little bit more time and space. Um, you know, some, you know, Instagram stories, the stuff that's kind of temporary, you know, pop culture stuff you know, memes, just to kind of keep people <laughs> laughing, get them, keep them disconnected. Or, you know, like I said, when they want to check out, um, you know, we've done fake um, Zoom calls, like where our beers were Zoom participants instead of people, um, you know, different beers, different glasses, crawlers all over, you know, different people's houses, um, you know, that sort of, on April Fool's, I did a, because uh, of the Tiger King was, you know, really, really in the world outside of coronavirus a month ago. And now everybody forgot about it. But uh, we made up a picture, uh, an image of a tiger striped hazy IPA. And then, <laughs> put, and then, then we put we put it on our online store because people were messaging us on Instagram without a price. And we got a couple people that ordered it. And we're a little bit upset when they showed up and couldn't have a tiger stripe Tazy IPA. Um, and yeah, there's one guy. I mean, I got I got some good belly laughs out of a few people, but there's one guy that was a little disappointed. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't be making jokes, <laughs> you know, no, during, during the midst, midst of this, because it just looked like it piled on his day. I was like, hey man, let me let me throw an extra can on your order for you. <laughs> was, it Joe, was it Joe Exotic? Did he did he get out of prison and come buy a beer? Yeah, no, he he. Uh, I don't know if the guy's out yet. Um, but yeah, he was this 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 particular neighbor. I was thinking he just had to look like oh shit, like now this like quarantine and now I can't get this. You know, I was like oh, oh my god. But, so yeah, just just keeping it you know lighthearted. Um, you know more more entertainment. Uh, just trying to keep the conversation going, you know, about our do, products and, and other things for sure. Do you feel like that's sticking a little bit more, the kind of lighthearted stuff uh, uh, with, with what you're posting? Because, yeah, I know um, in watching kind of what all, all of you are doing, you, you are being very lighthearted. Most of you are being very lighthearted. Uh, John's a little bit too serious for most, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Nate, Nate, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, people have to enjoy a good chuckle, right, Nate? Are you seeing the engagement numbers go up on that kind of stuff? We have, yeah. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, from any great comedy writing on our part or just the fact that everybody's home all day long, you know, with their various devices. But yeah, we've seen, you know, likes and views go up and, and we definitely get see more, you know, messages and response come through and, you know, we try to just stay on top of that and, and respond. If anything, just to, like I said, keep the conversation going and let people know there's somebody out here. And, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, shoot the shit and have your beer, you having your beer at home, I'm here and I'm, you know, somebody, somebody's here for you, you know. Are you uh, are you running any ads like to get people to the site to your website to to um, set up some deliveries and some pickups or none of that? No, we don't. Um, you know, maybe to our own detriment. Um, but even as we started as a as an organic process, um, we we don't we don't really have an advertising budget. Okay. Um, you know, with the proximity of our of our patrons and you know, free resources like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, 
if anything, the greatest thing would be for a neighbor to take a crawler home and a neighbor that, you know, didn't know there was a brewery five blocks away to be like, oh wait, where'd you get that? Oh man, I should go over there and check that out. That that would be that's that's the biggest win for us. Perfect. Uh, all right, Emily Tracy, on to you because obviously you're you're managing three uh, two. I mean three different types of businesses and a couple of them are very, very heavy hitters. Uh, what are you trying to do to keep this thing, to keep these, these, these brands out there and customers engaged? Yeah. I mean, I think now is definitely the time where you can do a little more educational outreach. Um, you know, people have more time right now to read whatever you're putting out there. Um, so like right now, for example, Seedstock, they're putting out a new Pilsner on Friday. Um, so that means they'll have a lineup of a few pilsners. They're kind of trying to be how, you know, like Cerebral is known for their IPAs. They're trying to be known for like these Eastern European um, heavy pilsners. So they're like taking the time to really lay out, like here are the differences between the pilsners where normally I don't think people would take the time to really connect on those subtle differences, but right now they do. Um, uh, in terms of a little bit of ad money, like $50 per month on each account, just cause I mean, that's just the way they work, unfortunately. Like, I don't necessarily agree with that, but just how the algorithm sorts out yeah. people. Um, sure. Yeah. And then, you know, news, like such standard things like the e-newsletters every week to, um, we're doing a bunch of stuff for the mug club for Seedstock because right now their mug club is you get like parties every month and free stuff every month. And that's just not feasible right now. So kind of trying to show them extra love. I don't know exact numbers for them, but I assume that their customer base is... 90% regulars so yeah. it's not too hard to have like get support thrown behind them um and then kind of just by like fortuitous timing they decided to reroute this year in their business strategy to go from offering some restaurant accounts to really just taking off all off-prem accounts because you know they have so many loggers where they just don't have the capacity in the brewery to brew beers for the tap room and for the restaurants so they've been lucky where they pivoted and now just have a lot of product to move rather than, you know, waiting on a restaurant to reopen and be able to sell their product or probably have to dump it. Um, they also, they never really do bottle releases. They decided to bottle um, a barrel aged Doppelbock that they did with Law's Whiskey, um, which kind of brings me into like whatever you can do, I think, to partner with other breweries or even just brands that you respect around town like like what this is you know three breweries around town or in chicago um coming together to you know cross promote um i think one thing that worked in denver's favor to a small amount was that collab fest was you know right around like this was supposed to be two weeks ago so everyone already had all those collaboration beers ready to give out so it was just extra cross promotional marketing that was built in because everyone had those collab beers on hand I want to bounce back real quick to the, your comment about email marketing. Um, I think as, as you know, I, I try to study this a little bit, write about it, but also, you know, pr uh, uh, practice it. I think email is often overlooked. Uh, I know yeah. what you do with Molly's in terms of your newsletter, and I get it very often. Are you seeing much RO, you know, a, a high ROI uh, uh, with, with, with the newsletters uh, in this moment? Or have you, have you paid attention to that at all? 
Yeah, so they do have a separate marketing manager that works on the email newsletters, but okay. for a separate company, I was doing their emails throughout the coronavirus, and numbers are were insane. Like, okay. if you have an emailing list, definitely utilize it. Like, numbers were like would go from like thirteen percent average open rate to like forty percent. Wow. I mean, yeah. And I mean, of course, like don't be tone deaf. Like, people really got away from themselves at the beginning of this, so you know, like yeah. reel it in and kind of give helpful content john you were uh, you were you were smiling and nodding uh what are you oh, doing with yeah. rev in terms of email yeah go ahead no, I'm, I'm only super right in that uh some people <laughs> did sort of lose themselves at the beginning and then after that they kind of over course corrected and every email started with <laughs> in these trying times um but we've been doing things uh, like these zoom happy hours that nate was talking about we've been doing those uh you know events like that every couple of weeks. And in terms of getting signups up, uh, people, it, you know, email is not cool and sexy, but it is absolutely effective and it is definitely overlooked. Um, you know, and if you start talking, I don't do this, but if you start talking about the dark arts of e-advertising and you have a robust email client list, there is a lot more targeted advertising you can do across platforms with that kind of opt-in. Yeah, that's something that I think we we often overlook. Sorry, and I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, you know, we had we were able to, through Sipfest, uh, the Shelter in Place Beer Fest we did a few weeks ago, to basically create a a, a solid email list that Jay and I never could have um, just from nice. you know people that's listening awesome. to the podcast. And we've seen our number numbers triple in two weeks because it's, we're not trying to be annoying, right? But we send that <laughs> weekly email to people and say, hey, um, just so you know, this week's episode's out, but also, you know, here's, you know, we're doing this round table with, with people to kind of get some uh, insight into what's going on. And so you're right. I, I, we're at home. Uh, we're looking for something exciting, maybe on our desktop to open or on our phone to open. And oh yeah, hell, you know, John Crothers and in, in Revolution sent me a, a, an email. that's maybe it's a funny joke or something like that. I'm absolutely going to click on it for sure. Yeah. And sorry, can I touch on one more thing? Emily brought up these local partnerships. Um, I, I think those are fantastic. And there's actually a brewer I wanted to give a shout out to here locally, um, Clint, uh, who owns Lake Effect Brewing, tiny brewery, uh, sort of by Omega Yeast and by the um, underneath uh, costume shop. And what he's been doing uh, now with deliveries, like a duck to water, he's always wanted to just deliver his own beer directly to people. Um, that's not at all our model, but um, works great for him. And what he's been doing to build his combos is in the case of a lack of partnership, he will just go to a bakery and buy like eight dozen donuts and say, okay, I got eight dozen donut combos now. Or go buy, you know, chocolate or a bread kit or a mask from the costume shop. And he's just got whatever wacky combos like every new day of the week. And he's just out paying retail and giving money to these businesses to try to value add, you know, what his brewery can do. I think it's really cool and neighborhood minded. That's awesome. That's really, yeah, I mean, partnerships, that's a, an excellent point is, is trying to find those folks that are those small businesses that are in the same position as the rest of us and, and partnering up with them. Um, that's perfect. Awesome. Uh, did we, did we hit? All of the of the secrets that you're doing, did we get everybody kind of covered? Because uh, we've got some questions from viewers now. Are we ready for those? Yeah. yeah? Okay. All right. So uh, this comes from Andrew Osterman. Uh, and I, I would assume this is for Emily and Nate. Uh, but I guess, John, if you're paying attention too, uh, feel free to chime in. Out in Denver, what are some cool promotions that you've seen from breweries? Anything similar to a fake tailgate from Rev that John that from Rev that John's talking about? Have you seen any cool promotions? I know what sticks out to me is like Grandma's House. If you guys have been there down South Broadway, um, they're doing a pay what you can program right now. Um, 
I think that's the first promotional one that comes to mind. I love the so- the women's soccer one though so much. I <laughs> want to steal that. <laughs> no, you should steal it. Is that okay, John? <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. No, somebody should have done that for opening day for the Rockies. Nobody really thought yeah. about it. That would have been a good. Jeez, yeah. oh, we need John Carruthers out here. Yeah, Maybe you guys have, like, are. Rockies money. Maybe like women's soccer, unfortunately, money. But yeah, not Rockies <laughs> yeah okay, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Nate, what about you? Are you seeing anything crazy that, that it's really kind of made you smile and, and, and been effective? Not on the beer side uh, that just jumps to my mind, but, you know, something that I appreciate when I see when I log on to our Instagram with some of our uh, food truck partners is the amount of food being donated to nurses and healthcare workers. Um, so, I mean, it's something that makes me smile that 100%. If we if we could dole beer out, you know, right, drop off beer, you know, just at a, at a doorway of a hospital. Um, I'm sure there's probably a couple of regulations against it, but I mean, that's any way to support, you know, the 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 healthcare workers and the nurses and the doctors and so forth that are, um, you know, putting in the extra time, you know. Yeah, uh, I would say that these kind of virtual beer fests, uh, not necessarily the one that Jay and I put on, um, but you know. We did make 10 grand flexing muscles, That's awesome. right? Two guys, two guys. Uh, and everybody who's listening, the shirts are coming. It's I've got my kids packing shirts <laughs> into, in, in, you know, their their little fingers start bleeding. So I got to be careful. Um, <laughs> they're so good at folding because they're so tiny. <laughs> they really are, yes. are they yes. not wearing gloves? They should be wearing gloves. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Nate, I mean, you've got to, well, how old's your kid? You don't, you're not even there yet, okay? You're not even there yet, okay? <laughs> right, you, yeah. You, uh, you, You've got one, yeah, Nate. Two, You've got one. Okay, you're just, tr- yeah. just trying to survive. I'm just kidding. I'm just two, giving you two, shit. Two and a half, and he's not folding laundry yet. He's throwing it all <laughs> off the bed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, what Denver Beer Co. is doing uh, is really great. They, I think it's on Friday nights. They have a virtual happy hour, and they've been able to pull in some Rockies guys and some uh, city leaders and everything, and people just kind of chime in and, and join in on the Zoom and have a beer. Um, I don't know if you all caught the – I think it was the article from, I want to say it was Forbes or maybe the Wall Street Journal about the uptake in, in beer consumption over the last eight weeks and liquor consumption. And uh, we're all drinking a lot more than we should be. We're all doing these happy hours because we don't have to drive anywhere. It's like, yeah. oh, it's three o'clock. Okay, I'm going to crack open a beer and drink till 11 and it'll be fine. Three o'clock, you're getting a late start, man. <laughs> okay, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but... um. My wife is, she can't hear me upstairs. I, yesterday I went up to get lunch cause I've been working in the basement and she was getting ready to take uh, our two oldest on a walk. And she was like, I need a koozie. I said, for what? <laughs> well, I, need, I need to take this hard kombucha with me. Like, put it, like, she was walking around the neighborhood. So we're all going a little bit crazy uh, for sure. But <laughs> I have definitely, I've definitely seen the uh, undisguised road soda. It's a real, like every street <laughs> is bourbon street now. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my God, for sure. Um, another question coming in. Uh, let's see. There was somebody that mentioned uh, homebrewing. So that's that's something that we've talked about on the show a little bit. Uh, as much as you know, the bread making craze is going fucking nuts. And I, I've tried to make it. I can't make bread. Sorry, John and Nate, if you mm-hmm. guys are making bread. Like, But uh, I bought a beer kit from the Brooklyn Brew. Brew? What the Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn brew shop. And so, uh, they, they make gallon, you know, kits. And so, uh, that was kind of fun to do at home. So if uh, anybody out there needs a brew kit and wants to make beer and, and uh, beer and bread. Yeah, it's, it, it totally works. But, uh, all right. Next question. Sorry. Um, 
let's see. Are you all uh, distributing outside of your usual fruit, fruit, uh, footprint with bars closed? Uh, we've been lucky here in Boston to get some Vermont beer that's usually hard to come by. So out of curiosity, uh, and, and Emily, why don't you start? Are, are you seeing kind of the Seedstock brand uh, reach a little bit further than what you're used to because of pickups or, or not? Yeah, I mean, they don't distribute at all, um, but we've been running some like social media contest. Contest is a big word, like just build community um like you know show us your seed stock at home so we've been seeing that you know like i think safely in the mountains you know along people's houses i'm just like drooling over um but yeah not too much of a difference in the footprint what about you nate you know i think um fortunately enough we have uh our neighborhood has been very supportive of us which is you know by and large 90 to 100 percent of you know our our patients so um nothing going too far out there that i've seen you know okay yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah you got y'all two run different kinds of business models uh out of curiosity i guess yeah. uh, uh back to emily real quick uh with molly's and the drizzly partnership um how far does does the drizzly kind of uh circle uh, uh, serve when, when it comes to, to Molly's? What's That's a really what's good the... question. I, I think 10 miles um, okay. it, it serves Denver well because, you know, one's in like the northwest suburbs and one's in Greenwood Village in the south. But I think 10 miles, but, you know, there's like so many other competitors too, like Argonaut, bon yeah. Applejack, Bonnie Bray that may have different uh, radiuses. You got cooler stores though that are fun to go in, but thank you. Uh, of course, of course, uh, John. So I guess yeah. What are you are you are you seeing people packaging up your beer and shipping it off to the east and the west coast now, or, or I mean, what have you seen from the social media kind of uh, content? Well, Sam, as you well know, you can't legally send beer through the mail. I've heard. However, I've heard. however, keeping an eye on our orders, especially of our vintage and barrel age stuff, um, people are either sending their friends gift packages on their own once we sell them beer <laughs> or there is a small cadre of uh, barley wine fans with just tremendous disposable income and uh, incredible consumption rate here i, I will would say, uh, yeah go ahead you're good oh sorry I, just in terms of talking about like it's not new distribution but um here in Illinois, at least, the way that uh, not just us, but every brewery has been building out this online sales system, this delivery system, contactless pickups, however it is, you know, selling the beer online, having that transaction take place electronically. Um, it is just a bunch of breweries here inventing a whole new system of commerce kind of on the fly. And it's been pretty crazy to see like one unintended consequence, like our, our merch store is built to sell T-shirts and bottle openers and tackers and stuff and then ship it off wherever. Um, so we couldn't turn off the whole shipping address thing. And there is the occasional confusion of like, when's my beer getting here? And we have to go refund the order because we're not mailing a bunch of beer to Kansas. And it happens kind of a lot. <laughs> but, uh, oh you know, God. otherwise, I'm going to be super interested in seeing what happens to these sort of ad hoc new retail systems, you know, once things are relatively back to normal in however many months that is. I mean, it's going to be, if I can dip into cliche, it's going to be a real weird genie to try to stuff back in the bottle, um, you know, once the traditional methods of distribution and operation are back running. No, I mean, I think you're 100% right. I mean, the, uh, Nate and Emily can also speak to this if, if you all want to, but um, for small craft breweries, 
a lot of them are able to stay afloat because of the distribution, the new distribution, the, the to-go orders, the delivery and all of that. And so how are we in 6, 12, 18 months from now going to say, no, you can't do that anymore and not, not expect the Colorado Brewers Guild or the Iowa Brewers Guild or uh, the, uh, the Illinois Brewers Guild to, to not be up in arms and pissed off about this. So, I mean, yeah, what do you guys think? Nate and Emily, I guess, what are you hearing from folks? Um, I know some of my clients have been writing letters to the governor saying, like, you need to extend this, especially if stuff's just opening up at 50% capacity, it might as well be 0% opened. Um, so I think it's kind of people bonding together and writing to your legislators. Nate, what about you? I mean, what are you, what are you talking with the other two guys? What are, you, what are they thinking? Uh, you know, aside from beer, if, if I can't walk into a, a Tex-Mex restaurant and get a margarita to go, after all this is over with, I'm going to be just so upset. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The, yeah. the one, the one plus, the one, the one positive in all this is that like you can finally just walk into a place and they just hand you the straw, and they say, "Don't put the straw on until you walk outside." Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but absolutely to to echo Emily's point, um, if you know our tap room fire fire code is somewhere about 90 i would expect and this is just a, an educated guess um i would expect when we open they have that or third that right yeah what's texas so, doing 25 percent? that's see that's news to me but that that makes perfect sense if you look at spacing people out so fortunately a brewery has the you know the luxury of being able to growler or crawler off at the point and then send somebody on their way so I think there's there's many industries that, you know, um, 50% is 0%, right? So you, there's, there's going to have to be this long gray area, you know, for when we get to normal or normal operations. Uh, one more question, then I'll let everybody kind of plug their pluggables. How have gift card sales helped? That's probably for Nate and for Emily, but also, John, are you seeing uh, – we'll, we'll start with Emily and then kind of move around. Are you seeing many gift card sales happening? Have you talked to, to your clients, Emily? Yeah, good question. Um, Hobbs and Pie has been running a deal like so many others where, you know, buy $100, get $20 for free um, tacked on. So that's made a huge difference for them. Um, and I think just, you know, loved ones far – um, have been supporting seed stock. Um, you know, who knows if they'll even be able to use it ever, but just um, being able to show your support from across the globe for the brands you care about has been really helpful. That's awesome. Nate, what about you? Are you seeing, uh, are you selling gift cards out of there? We have had um, a slight increase in gift cards. Um, you know, nothing quite out of the ordinary. We did early on have a request um for the ability to just send gratuity to our staff without actually buying um beer you know on, on on the online store so we added what we call it on the store was like staff love button and it just goes right into the the tip queue we divided it up uh for our crew and um we've had a a, a few handful you know or more um, notable contributions, especially around our um, anniversary party this last weekend. So if anybody's listening, I'll, I'll just take this moment to say thank you for that. And uh, we kind of spread it around to everybody, um, you know, on the, on the service crew. So um, I appreciate it. It's, a, it's very humbling. I know they all love it. Um, and, you know, so, so that we've seen that we, you know, you don't normally get in other circumstances. Okay. Uh, 
before we, we let you plug those pluggables, though, I got one more thing. Each one of you want to hear what is one thing that every craft brewery or small business could be doing right now to better promote their brand and to keep that engagement alive. What's something that comes to mind, John Carruthers? What is something that's overlooked or that's something that works for you? What, what would you suggest? I think it's just being sort of open and receptive to the messages people want to hear. Um, I had great success finding one of the old color changing Dennis Rodman haircuts and taking a picture of that next to, uh, you know, an anti-hero can because Sundays are the day of the bulls, you know, in Chicago for as long as ESPN documentary goes. I think some people are too afraid to say anything to feel like they're making light, but people are looking for stuff to engage with that's not any you know, relation to what's going on publicly. Like you can still be organic. You can still be honest. You can still have a personality as long as, you know, you are empathetic and receptive to what your community is looking for. So, you know, don't be afraid to say stuff. I was wondering how long we would go before the last dance was referenced. I just oh, realized so that that's Ooh. another stab in Nate's chest because of the Craig oh. Elo jump. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. No, it's so good. It is. It has kept uh, some sanity in the J house. Yeah. Definitely. Over the last I, couple weeks. Yes, I, right? I had bought a pair of bull sweatpants before the first episode was even over. And Nate, <laughs> I am sorry you were born under a cursed moon. I, my heart bleeds for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Emily Tracy, one thing, one yeah. thing that you would suggest that, that these people that, that if they're not doing now, they, they start doing tomorrow. Um, I think what people need to do, especially now that they announce PPP loans, our applications are back up. I think businesses need to start talking to each other about who's getting it and who's not. I think people who are getting it are kind of not a shame per se, but feel very gracious and lucky to have it and like don't want to put it out there and then other people aren't getting it and they don't know why they're not getting it and so I feel like if somehow there could be like a network of small businesses who are getting the you know PPP loans and ones who aren't if somehow they could just like talk to each other and figure out like what is different between their applications what's different with their banks so you know people can get paid and that can be protected. I dig that. I dig that. I like that kind of kind of open communication between small businesses. That makes total sense. Nate Smith, ending up with you, buddy. Uh, what's something that, that you would suggest a small business, whether it be in terms of marketing, communication, uh, uh, at PR, what have you, should be doing right now to, or you know tomorrow when they hear this? What, what would you suggest? Uh, to be completely genuine uh, with yourself and with your audience. Uh, okay. If you are, like Emily said earlier, if you're if you're into education and the intellectual side, spread that knowledge around. If you want to make tiger stripe memes, <laughs> do do that. If you want to go on a on a live stream and get beat up by the Iowa and Illinois guy, wait for college football season, and and it'll all come around. So, <laughs> well, it's not coming until twenty twenty one. So you're fine. Sure, but you know, <laughs> uh, in in due course, right? But um, I'm pretty sure Ohio State's worst loss was in Iowa City. About Three years ago, right? Four years ago, three years ago. Yeah, Every ever. Big Ten team's worst loss in Iowa City at night <laughs> within the last that. five years. Yes, yeah, yeah, it probably is. You're right. Absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, but no, just just be who you are. You know, okay. make people laugh, give them something to cool look at, teach them something, yeah, like keep that. the conversation going. Uh, Emily Tracy, plug your pluggables, please. Where can we uh, where can we follow and find and order beer from everybody? Where, where do we go? <laughs> Yeah, um, Seed Stock Brewery, if you guys like old world 
beers you probably can't pronounce, like Broyhan, Pull It Maybe. Um, they're on West Colfax, um, old auto mechanic shop, really cute shop. Um, Hops and Pie in the Tennyson neighborhood of Denver. And Molly Spirits has two locations up north, uh, one up, one down south. And I'm E.L. Tracy on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. Nate Dog, uh, what about you? Where can we order some beer from Long Table? And uh, yeah, what's the website? What's the, what are the socials? Yeah, find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Long Table Brew House. The website is lngtbl.com. Um, right here in the heart of Park Hill. Awesome. And John Carruthers, uh, what do we need to know about Rev Brew? Where can we get the beer? Where do we need to order? Where can we buy merch? Everything. Buy merch uh, or curbside if you're local at RevBrew.com. Uh, our socials are RevBrewChicago. Uh, please don't tag that small brewery out of Paonia, Colorado. I think they really hate it. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm just going to plug local, whether it's us or anyone. You know, everyone should care a little more about ownership during this time and, and who's selling them the beer and, like, where that money's going to in their community. This is a great time to make sure that the places you love are still there for you after all this. Absolutely. Um, we talk about beer on this podcast. We talk about uh, how beer is made. Let's not forget the people who make it possible. There are a lot of, uh, of, of yeast makers out there. There are a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, grain makers out there and grinders and, and preparers and everything. And so think about these small businesses, extremely important. You three, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Jay, hey, had a, actually, Jay had a real, a real job meeting apparently. Um, he's obviously happened to bag for us and that's great. But uh, uh, everybody, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and evening. Okay. Bye guys. When they come to tea